One. Good morning, football life. I can say morning because of both time zones. Me and Matt Bushnell are in the morning today. This is Football Life Presents the Audible. I'm your host, Randy Hammond, joined by my co-host, Matt Bushnell. Two weeks away from the Christmas holiday, so I'm trying to get you guys who's viewing the show today into the Christmas spirit. Matt, how are you feeling? You in the, just trying to spread a little holiday cheer today? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to say because... <laughs> Yeah, you know, on one hand, I, I I'm gonna watch the Bears this weekend, and that automatically uh-huh. takes you out of any good mood. But it is Christmas, and I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year, Randy. It's the Christmas songs. I I have the station saved on my vehicle's radio, so I know exactly what's playing, what's on, all that stuff. It's great. I love this time of year. Trees, lights, ornaments, all of it. <laughs> Yeah, all you're missing is the cold. So if you ever want a real Christmas, you come back up north and you know you experience it for real. Oh, contraire, mon frere. <laughs> Yesterday, it was a high of 58 degrees. You poor thing. You, I, you poor thing. I, I was freezing my tukus off. <laughs> we have a tukus for you guys in less than two minutes into the show. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, and happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. That is already underway. So uh, we're going to break down each and every game. We're going to do the pick em style like we did last week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We had fun with it. So we're going to do that again. And... Uh, yeah, that should be fun. But we have a Thursday night football game to talk about this week, Matt, which we did not have last week. We had a Wednesday afternoon football game, which I liked a lot. But uh, Thursday night, typically the way the NFL goes now, and we had the Rams dominating the Patriots. Uh, if you were optimistic about the Patriots, I'm sorry, but they are donezo. We, we broke down the likelihood of them uh, potentially making the playoffs, and that chance basically just got thrown out the window. Now uh, they lose 24 to three and the Rams defense is really good. And Cam Newton is not Matt. I don't really know what else to say other than that. I, I'm just going to give everyone that told me that Cam Newton was going to be this transformational quarterback for new England. I told you so and suck it <laughs> because I saw this coming a mile away. He was done I don't think there's any coming back from Cam. The Patriots will be in the market for a new quarterback. And at best, Cam Newton has solidified his status as a backup quarterback in the NFL right now. Yes, uh, he has only five touchdown passes this year, which is uh, not good. Uh, you know, you've, you're six and seven as a football team, and your starting quarterback has uh, five rushing touchdowns on the season. Um, <laughs> that's not good here. Um the Pats are done. I mean, we, we thought they would be a 500 team coming into this year, so it's not all that surprising. If anything, I, I give a ton of credit to Belichick for making this team a 500 team. They're not that talented on offense. Uh, they are not uh, – they're okay defensively. They had a ton of opt-outs. So, I mean, that's important to remember, too. Like, they had a ton of important guys on defense just decide they weren't going to play this year. Um, but the Cam Newton thing is hard to overcome. And, you know, Belichick stuck by him after the game saying, you know, he's the quarterback going forward, but you need more production out of the guy than this uh, i don't care how good your rushing attack is how good your game plan the guy is just not good anymore he threw several deep passes that came up short every time he throws the ball it looks like there's never any arc on it they're all bullets trending downward like i i didn't play quarterback at a high level ever in my life i mean i i kind of was the backup in high school but like I never even put much zip on the ball in general, and I always tried to have touch, and he had never has any touch on the ball. Matt, do you notice anything with Cam's throwing style? His arm strength not there? Maybe it's a shoulder issue. What are you seeing with Cam? Uh, so, gosh, I don't want to get into too much mechanical issues, but essentially there's a couple of things for a quarterback that you want to keep in mind. Like, are you throwing from your upper body? Are you just throwing from your legs? Because it all has to come together in one piece. So to me, it looks like his body's out of sorts. It's not like his feet are moving with his throws. It looks like to me he's thrown flat-footed. The arc on the ball, and it's a good point. Um, essentially, it's all about release point and timing. And when you go back as a quarterback, and the one quarterback I always stress, and when I was coaching, I always taught my quarterbacks, um, the Drew Brees mechanics, because they're really solid. You talk about a lot of touch. The arc is there. Everything you need maybe one of the most accurate passers ever to play in the NFL. And he would always come back in his arm. Like when he comes back, the ball comes like this and then he throws it forward and then he releases. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts. And what you want to try to avoid is a quarterback with a long throwing motion. 
Cam has an extremely long throwing motion. So he has to start it earlier than most quarterbacks in order for the wide receiver to be in the same spot as where the ball is going to be at. So it's just a body that's broken down. The mechanics are off because I do believe his body just can't do it anymore because he took so much punishment. There's a lot to it that I just, I don't see it. I didn't see it when I reviewed the tape of Cam this offseason of the available quarterbacks. I ranked him as one of the worst ones to sign. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by this whatsoever, Randy. No, and you were pretty adamant about that, too. When You know, I commented about how the Bears should maybe picked him up. And he looked okay the first couple of weeks. And then he had the coronavirus, which I guess you could say had, had a small impact on him. That's not really – something that you can know uh maybe he could speak on that but he's not going to make excuses for this I mean he has five touchdown passes right now and he's played you know 10 games like that's that's beyond horrible that's I mean he threw five touchdown passes in three separate games since the MVP season in 2015 and he has five on the season this year that's not good. Uh, Stidham came in the game at the end, five out of seven, 27 yards. I have a feeling Stidham might get some more playing time at the end of the year here because you got to know what you have in the guy. I know everyone is excited about him before they signed Cam. He hasn't done much in limited playing time this year. I'd, I'd like to see him play at least a couple of these last games just to see if you have anything going forward. Uh, on the Rams side of the ball, offensively, uh, okay. Uh, uh, the defense is the story here, but offensively, I'll give credit to uh, Felipe's guy. If you want, really want us to talk about him, Cam Akers. Uh, and the Rams kind of been, you know, doing this whole little running back by committee thing. And it seems like now they are committing to Cam Akers. He had 29 carries for 171 yards on the Patriots defense. That is a nice day for him. Uh, you know, and I'll say this, Cooper Cup at the end of the game had a wonderful touchdown catch. Uh, he, like we talked about how underrated him and Robert Woods are. Uh, Cooper Cup only had five for 33, but that touchdown grab, it, I wish I had it pulled up to show you guys, but he's rolling to the right, catches it, keeps his feet in bounds somehow. Great, great play, great, great hands, great concentration. Um, but I don't know how much you watch this game, Matt, but the pick six by Cam, Aaron Donald makes the subtle play. And he grabs the running back also slightly, Damian Harris. When Cam's getting pressured, he throws it to a spot, doesn't realize he's getting held up, which quarterbacks throw to spots in general. Anticipation throws it happens all the time. And I don't ever see pick sixes on screens that often. I see interceptions, but never pick sixes. And Cam just launched this screen for some reason. He threw it so hard. And Donald grabs the guy. It's within five yards. No one's ever going to call that pass interference. And it's it's a slight tug from Donald, and uh, he's so big and, and strong that you don't even really notice it. But to me, Aaron Donald just impacts every game, and that is just one of the many reasons how. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, th- that's a missed call on the refs, and they saw it. They should have really. Fought. Oh yeah, that, that's a penalty every day of the week. Okay, you cannot hold an offensive player, just like any you know. If you're a defensive lineman and you grab the jersey of an offensive lineman, that's holding. So it is a penalty on the defense, and it should have been an automatic first down. So that play should have never happened in you know, retrospect. But, but is it the five yards and in rule, or is it because no, it's a, he's it already doesn't, a, It doesn't matter. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it, typically it, that should have gotten called. Um, you'll see it more often than not get called. But, you know, a smart play, you get away with it, very subtle, you know, and then obviously we saw what happened. To, to me, what the impact Aaron Donald has on the game cannot be understated. We talked about it on Tuesday, just everything that he can do, the pressures, how many times he gets double teamed, how many times he gets triple teamed, and none of it can be discounted. And I, I think it's all very important to take into the whole aspect. Um, Corey Richmond asked last uh, Tuesday, who would who should win defensive player of the year? Miles Garrett, um, Aaron Donald, and he gave me a third player. And initially, and I still feel this way. I think Miles Garrett's going to win defensive player of the year. His numbers are just too eye popping at this point. But in reality, it should be Aaron Donald every year because he dominates the game in so many different aspects. It's hard to account for that. Um, a, a little interesting factoid here um, from Chris Frederick, and thanks, Chris, for chiming in here. <laughs> Fun fact, if you add up all the wide receiver and running backs together, they have more touchdown passes than Cam. I'm not shocked. That is damn. He's got five touchdown passes on the season. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, he's got rushing touchdowns. You know, I think that it's important to point out that he's got probably more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns this year. But you're playing quarterback in the NFL in 2020. You know, this is such an offensive league now. You got to be able to throw the ball. Uh 
Defense player of the year. Would you be shocked? And I just want to touch on this quick. If it's a co-defense player of the year with Donald and Garrett, I do think they've had the two best years of ball defensive defensive players this year. I know everyone's making a case now for Xavier Howard on the Dolphins, but I think those two guys have a far greater impact than anyone else. Okay, and Corey corrected me. He said Watt, T.J. Watt. Oh, T.J. Watt. That's a good point. Yep, that's a good name here. But I still think it's Miles Garrett. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, having that elite edge rusher and kind of what, you know, Bears fans were hoping Khalil Mack. I mean, this should have been Khalil Mack. You know, the Rams, yeah. the Rams are what Bears fans, you know, particularly me envisioned is, you know, score 20 points a game, get out there with 10 wins. But that's not happening. So I, Miles Garrett's fantastic. I think the AFC North with guys like Kalias Campbell, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. I mean, it's a pretty stacked defensive division. There's a lot of great players out there defensively. And it's a fun division to watch if you're a defensive football fan. Unless you're a Bengals fan. Unless you're a <laughs> Bengals fan. And, uh, uh, go ahead. Eerily similar feelings about uh, Joe Burrow and Carson Palmer. And that is something that hopefully we wish Joe Burrow a speedy recovery. But, you know, ACL surgery, you know, within – 15 years of each other has it advanced that much where it makes a big difference maybe i think it has uh we got off a little off the rails here just to put it back come back to this game here uh aaron donald unbelievable uh probably the second best player in the whole sport if you ask me i think mahomes is too insane to put him over him but i think he's right there number two no question um as far as the rams go now they are nine and four and you and I are pretty down on the Rams coming into the season. Uh, I don't think either of us really expected this, but they, I think, control their own destiny when it comes to winning the NFC West now. So with three games left and then Seattle going neck and neck for the division, who will win this division? Will it be the Rams? Well, the Rams lost two games to the 49ers, I believe. No. So those are out of the way now. I, I honestly think they have a real shot at winning this division. Seattle does not – Seattle's not a complete team, and I think that's a big issue for them. And Russell Wilson, the MVP train that he was on, is seem, it's off the rails now. It's done. It's a two-man race between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes at this point. So I, I think when we take a look at where the Rams can go, they should win this division on paper. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's probably – um, the best offensive player on both teams and Aaron Donald is the best defensive player on both teams. Yep. But I just, I, I think they're putting it together defensively and they're going to make it really hard on the Seahawks to score. So I, I'm slightly leaning the Rams here, Randy. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, the Rams have so much talent and you can see, especially on the defensive side of the ball and Donald and Ramsey truly lead the way you get the pressure up the middle with Donald and you get the lockdown corner and Ramsey. I think we really underestimated that talent level on the defensive side of the ball. And that's going to cause problems for teams in the playoffs. I, I, I have questions about golf in the offense, but um, I like McVay a ton and I really like this defense. So the Rams are going to be interesting in the playoffs to, to, to see what happens. And Corey Richmond asked in the comment section, do you believe in Jared Goff in the big moment? Um, I mean, we've seen, it and no uh he had that comeback against the saints which i think was just as much on new orleans and that missed call than anything else and i don't really credit golf as much as i credit just the saints absolutely shooting themselves in the foot after that missed call when they had a clear chance to still win that game and then against the patriots in the super bowl golf had a wide open brandon cooks in the end zone and he waits and he waits and he doesn't throw it on time and it was late and it got broken up and it wasn't a touchdown they end up losing 13 to 3 you only score three points in the super bowl my guess is that you can't come up in the big moment until you prove it to me so that's that's kind of how i feel about golf in the postseason matt do you have any difference in opinion there i do and a word like you're clutch you're not clutch until you are you know It's so it's one of those situations that maybe if golf gets more experience in those moments, uh, but we do have to take into consideration. He's not one of these overly talented quarterbacks. He struggles in a lot of aspects, like having to be fed information by Sean McVay before the play starts. And we see them starting to really rely. And I, I give credit to McVay here. He Mm -hmm. is relying on the run game more than he ever has. He's relying on short passes more than he ever has. Um, and I think it speaks volumes about his trust level in golf. Yeah. Will he let it rip with golf? Maybe, but I think he's found a formula. Like, let's keep the ball on the ground. Let's control it. Put our defense in good positions. And, you know, not a whole lot of teams are going to score a bunch of points against us. 
So, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's a tough one to answer because I don't think McVay's going to put Goff in those situations anymore. I think he knows what he has. And I, I, I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and I think you kind of have to go off of what you've seen. And Goff totally uh, did not play well in that Super Bowl. And I know the Patriots' defense was great, but he had moments in that game to win it, and he didn't. So uh, until he changes that is when, you know, I can probably tell you if I have faith in him or not because as it stands right now, he's fine. If you're relying on him to win the game, I don't really trust it. So, all right, Matt, uh, we're going to move on from this Thursday night game. RIP to the Patriots. Maybe the dynasty is finally over thankfully uh, for all of us Boston sports haters in our lives. So uh, we're going to do the same pick em style uh, of the, the games in week 14 as we did last week. And there are way more, better, way better games this week uh, than there were last week. So the first pick here is going to be a little bit more interesting, I think, um, than it was last week. So Matt, I'm going to flip a coin here. Heads or tails? Always go tails. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. Tails wins it for Matt Bushnell. He has the number one overall pick. Ooh, the number one overall pick, and I am going to go with the best game on the board. I don't know how this is not a Sunday nighter, but I'm going Kansas City versus Miami in Miami. This game is defense versus offense. It is time to see, like, is the Dolphins for real? Can they hang with Kansas City? Is their defense good enough to stop a, a very powerful Kansas City offense? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to find out. I'm excited for Mahomes. I'm going to personally, like I said before, I thought the Chiefs would go 16 and 0. Obviously, they lost to the Raiders. I think this Chief, this Chiefs team, is going to beat Miami to send a message to the rest of the NFL. And I'm going to go Chiefs 31, Dolphins 18. I, I love this game on paper, but I worry about the Chiefs just pulling away from the Dolphins and the Dolphins not being able to keep up with them. Uh, this is a big game for Tua. I want to see if he can, you know, I don't know if anyone can really keep up with the Chiefs when they're on their game, but can they sort of keep up with them for lack of a better term? Uh, the defense for the Dolphins is really good. So I do think that the Chiefs aren't going to have a cakewalk by any means, but I do think the Chiefs, I could see this game being a total blowout for the Chiefs and I could also see it be a one score game. So I don't really know where to go with the score here. Um, I don't know of any injuries off the top of my head, but I love the way Flores just gets in the team's faces and has his guys back. They're going to get up for this game, I think. Even how talented the Chiefs are and how dominant they are and how good they are. I mean, we obviously think they're so they're the best team in the league. Um, the Dolphins are going to hang around, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, I do think it'll be Kansas City 31, Dolphins 25. Um, and I have it might be a late score to make it a one-score game. I don't know, but this this probably is the, uh, the best game on here. Um, but I have a, another idea for the second over, overall pick here, and I, I could not, I would not have picked this game uh, just not that long ago. Here, so now I have a decision to make because I do want one game and I want another game. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Sunday Night Football, the previously undefeated Steelers at Buffalo to play the Bills. Uh, I think this is tied for the second best game on the slate here, but I'm not going to give away that other pick just in case it's still there on the other time around. Um, the Steelers, how can you bounce back after? losing a game, which obviously you hadn't done all year uh, to a team with no name. Uh, And then you have the Bills coming off of a big win in San Francisco. Um, Josh Allen looking great. And now it's – are the Steelers going to sort of fall out of here? I'm not – they're not going to make the – they're going to make the playoffs. I still think they're the second-best team. But if the Bills win this game, win this game handily, you're going to have a real conversation about the Bills potentially being the second-best team in the AFC. I don't think they are. Um, But if they win this game convincingly, I think you can have that conversation. Um, I wish – and this is – like I say this every week about the Bills, I would love to wake up on Sunday morning and just see Bills Mafia going through tables and smashing each other with ladders and going nuts that they have a Sunday night football game for the first time in like 13 years that they're hosting. The last time they hosted a Sunday night football game, they got smoked by the Patriots by like 50. So like I'm happy for Bills fans that this is happening. I I so wish they could be there. Um, I trust Mike Tomlin in a weird way here, but I also like McDermott here because it's a big game. I don't think anyone doubts that it's Sunday night football. I don't know if I trust Big Ben's health. And if, if Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen last week, I won't know if the Steelers have the correct play calling offensively to keep up with the Bills. The Bills offense is playing really well right now. 
I mean, this is just brutal for the Steelers. Like this stretch, having to play so many games jam packed, and you know, COVID has just really ravaged their schedule to a point where they may be the most affected team in the entire NFL. You know, so I, this game. I think Buffalo wins this game just because of the attrition to the Steelers that they have been getting beat up. It's it's been a difficult road for them. So I'm going to take Buffalo and it's not a vote of confidence for Josh Allen by any stretch of the imagination. I I just think Pittsburgh is just, I mean, you got to be gassed at this point in the Mm -hmm. season to have a buy in week three and then have your schedule jam packed in the past three weeks. So I'm going to take Buffalo 27 to the Steelers 24 here. I just think if you struggled with Alex Smith to that like that, and I don't think that Alex Smith is the same guy he used to be, and I never thought he was that great to begin with. I think Josh Allen playing at a, a level that he has been at, at points this year presents much more challenges than Alex Smith did. Uh, and the Bills defense at home, uh, I think is better. And I think their defense in general has been playing better. So I like Trey White matching up against Juju or Claypool or whoever they put him on. And the Steelers kind of beat themselves quite a bit. Like I, they, they drop a ball a ton of times and, and Big Ben kind of just chucks it up there for them and they don't run the ball. I just don't like teams that don't commit to running the football. So I agree. The Bills are going to win this game. I think it'll be more, a little, little bit more defensive though. So I'm going to say Bills 22 Steelers 16. Okay. All right. Well, Corey Richmond's giving me some crap about not giving the Steelers, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, the A <laughs> game. Uh, you know, obviously I, I do think this is the third best game. I would have won in order this order initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Baltimore. I think they struggle. I, I don't, they beat Dallas and that's not much of a win to me. So could this be a statement game for Cleveland? Sure. Well, you know, might as well be. Let's go ahead and give them a statement game here. <laughs> I think Cleveland wins because I just, I, I saw too many things I don't like from Baltimore over the course of this season that I keep on seeing week after week, and they just be a very downtrodden Dallas team. I don't like Lamar Jackson in this matchup. I think Cleveland has a very, very, very underrated defense. They would be in my top five as it stands right now for Cleveland. Offensively, I still don't trust Baker Mayfield. So to me, I think I'm looking at a Cleveland win, but not by a whole bunch. Yeah. See, I, I'm the biggest Browns guy, you know, that, um, and I have always a weird feeling because the, the Bravens absolutely smoked the Browns earlier this year. I know that was week one and Stefanski hadn't had any time with the team. And obviously they're playing so well right now and they're nine and three. And, you know, you can't really take that away from them. The Ravens are in a weird spot because I feel like Harbaugh has their team like, Hey, these are, these are must win games we have here. Like there's no messing around here. Like we need to win these games. i like how they fought against Pittsburgh without Lamar Jackson. Uh, they're getting guys back more from the COVID list each week. I think that it, that is going to help, but yeah, the offense isn't great. Obviously Lamar coming back, obviously adds that dimension, but JK Dobbins is running really hard. Gus Edwards is running hard. If you're noticing Mark Ingram's kind of getting phased out of the offense the Ravens could potentially run all over the Browns here and they match up well because they're similar styles in that way that they both are heavy running the ball. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to have another game like he had last week. That game felt so weird. And the Titans defense is not even close to the Ravens defense to me. So I'm going to go Ravens here because I think that's more of a must win game for them. And I think the Browns might be feeling a little high off of that big win they had last week. I'm going to go Ravens uh, 24 Browns 20 and a disappointing one for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm going to go Browns 20 and Baltimore 17. All right. That's the Monday night football game. So I will say next, because the game I was going to pick and I'm glad it's still here. And I think it might be a better game than that one is Vikings at Bucks. Cause I never thought I would like the Vikings as much as I do now. And I, the, the Bucs are kind of falling off, but the Bucs are coming off of a bye, and the Vikings are 6-6. Six and six. So this is a game with heavy NFC playoff implications, and it's going to be entertaining, I think. Um, both of these offenses are kind of exciting. Uh, Brady has his moments where he looks really bad, but I think after a bye, he'll probably look as good as he will all season. I like the Bucs defense a lot, and the Vikings defense has played a lot better. I like this matchup. I just think this is going to be a really, really good football game. Um, I get the weird, I get the vibe here that, like, 
the Vikings wearing the white jerseys. You're going to see Kirk Cousins with grass stains all over the place. Maybe a couple of throw boneheaded interceptions here. Um, so I kind of, I'm leaning bucks here. Yeah. To me, I don't know. I, I take a look at this game and I think Minnesota can do a lot of things to exploit Tampa's defense. Tampa's really stout in the middle. You're not going to get a whole lot of yards running into the teeth of that defense, but where I think you can get them is throwing little dump passes to the running backs and Dalvin cook and Kirk cousins are on a different page with that right now. Tampa's secondary, not a huge fan of it either. Randy and Justin Mm -hmm. Jefferson has been on fire. Adam Thielen is really good. They still got Kyle Rudolph. I, I'm going to go Minnesota here. I'm kind of shocked uh-huh. by it, but uh-huh. yeah, I, I think this is a classic game for Minnesota to get in there, get a win and it affirm themselves as a possible wildcard team. So I'm going to go Minnesota 27 Tampa Bay 20. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. Look, I just think the bucks, they need to get, get right game here. They, they kind of stumbled into the bye week a little bit playing poor. They had the game against the chiefs where Tyreek had 200 yards in the first quarter. They made adjustments. Tyreek didn't finish with more than 250 yards in that game. So um, don't let the other team uh, have their number one receiver solo on your corners. Like I, I maybe like Bruce Arians got to be smarter than that. Todd Bowles got to be smarter than that. Uh, maybe they learned from those mistakes. I think Brady will be sharp. I think Mike Evans will be sharp. Uh, you know, I, I need uh, I need to see a complete game from the Bucks here to truly be back in on them in the AFC playoff picture. So I think you're going to get that. Doesn't mean the Vikings won't make the playoffs because I think they will. Because I still think they're a good team, but I do think you're going to see potentially the best Brady we've seen all year. So that's why I went that route, and I'm going to go Bucks thirty, Vikings twenty-seven. Yep. All right. I, that's hard to argue. So I'm I'm just going to take this game, and I know. It it may be out of place here, but I'm going to take this game because of storylines. And it's important to put this in perspective because it's going to be the battle of quarterbacks that should have been flip-flops. Chicago versus (laughs) Houston. I was going to take this game just so you didn't have to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I I, I think it's important to talk about because I, I hear a lot of people talking. and It's always the Bears should have took Mahomes. Well, I don't think Mahomes was ever in play here for the Bears. I think they liked him, but to me, it really felt like Deshaun Watson was always more of the sure thing. And this could be the game where it just puts the nail in the coffin of Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace wanted Trubisky. He went all in on him more than what he should have. And we're going to see firsthand Trubisky versus Watson here. Now, Trubisky has better weapons at this point. Will Fuller's out. DeAndre Hopkins got traded. I don't love the combo of Duke Johnson and David Johnson. Going against a struggling Bears defense. And then we got Mitch Trubisky with a healthy offense. You know, the offensive line is bad. Houston has a better offensive line. So it's really going to be an interesting narrative. We all know Deshaun Watson's better. No one is going to take Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson at this point. Ever in a million years, it's not going to happen. We already know that story. But to me, I feel like this is going to be a get-right game for the Bears' defense. So I'm going to take the Bears to win here. I don't Mm. love it. But just seeing how Deshaun Watson racked up the yards, but really no touchdowns. And Will Fuller really kind of felt like that deep threat. So without them really being able to stretch this Bears' defense, Mm. I I think it's going to be one of those get-right games. I'm going to take the Bears 27 to the Houston Texans 17. This game, every time that the Bears are going to play the Chiefs or the Texans for the next 10 years, you're just going to get the graphics of Trubisky 2, Watson 10, Mahomes 12. Like, it's just – it's never going to go away. And I I feel bad for you because it's like the worst-case scenario of a football fan uh, to have three guys taken and you got the worst one. I mean, at the end of the day, if you go through the draft process, all three of them had question marks. No one felt great about any of the three. It was called the worst quarterback draft class in a long time. It just happens you got two all-time generational talents at quarterback in this draft. So at the time, you know, Deshaun Watson had decision-making issues and the yeah. knee issues. And obviously the first year that he played, he tore his ACL. Patrick Mahomes had to go to Kansas City. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't go to Kansas City, we don't have any of these conversations about him being the GOAT. 
Like he needed to be in the right situation and he landed in the perfect spot for Patrick Mahomes. Incidentally, Mitch Trubisky probably landed in the worst spot for any of those quarterbacks to go to the lack of infrastructure, a coach that was not going to be there after that draft. It was a mistake all around. It was just not a good situation. So with this game, I just think Mitch Trubisky will get the win, but it's not because of Mitch Trubisky. The Bears defense will show up against the Houston Texans. Looking back, like Mahomes was definitely the biggest project of the three. Like no one, like everyone knew Mahomes needed work and he was raw and had like a huge arm, but wasn't incredibly accurate. was kind of mobile, but not really had trouble reading defenses. Like I'm not going to kill the bears for the Mahomes thing because nobody really thought Mahomes was going to be that good. And I'm one of them. I mean, Texas tech, you're looking at a, a big 12 school, no defense played in that conference. I understand. Deshaun Watson, for all of his issues, was, you know, he had poise. He beat Alabama in the national championship game. Um, the turnovers kind of were a concern, and the injuries were a little bit of a concern, but he was the guy. I, I don't – I never watched Mitch Trubisky play a single snap in college, but that's probably more on me. But I think Deshaun Watson, if you were that adamant about a quarterback that high, even to trade up a spot, it had to be Watson. And obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty to make it even worse. But you know, I, at the time, I was pretty adamant that Deshaun was going to be the best quarterback in the draft. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I knew Mahomes was going to be any good, but I'll tell you that I thought Watson was going to be pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, and just to butt in there real quick, Deshaun Watson checked every box except the throwing accurately. You know, that was yeah. the one thing that the team's worried about him. And I, I a lot goes back to where Ryan Pace came from. He came from New Orleans with a super accurate quarterback in Drew Brees. And guess what? You only had one year of tape on Trubisky. It was accurate yeah. as hell, but it was in the ACC, not great competition. And now we see it's come to fruition. Trubisky's just not a good quarterback. I mean, you've seen it for years. The scouts, the more tape you have, the more they have to criticize you on and second guess you on. And when there's less tape, they, you know, they don't really know. So um, yeah, that's how the Bears got here. But uh, I, I do think Deshaun Watson's good enough to win this game on their own. It feels like to me, the Bears defense has given up at this point. Uh, as Chris Frederick in the comment section, the, the Bears are going to struggle with, with RB screens, uh, with running back screens in this game. Uh, Chris Johnson might miss the game. However, uh, you still have some other weapons that the, they utilize. They use their tight ends pretty well. I, I, Deshaun Watson was making it work with Kiki QT last week out of nowhere without Will Fuller there. Uh, yeah, I just trust Deshaun Watson more than I trust anything about the Bears at this point. I don't feel great about it either. Neither of these teams are great, but I would say Texans is my gut and, and say Texans win 21-20 uh, on just a heartbreaking Deshaun Watson game-winning touchdown drive. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, moving on. And I, I still literally like some of the games we have left on this slate here, um, but I'm going to go – it's between two games. Do I want your division or my division? I never want my division. I'm going to go Packers at Lions here because I just want to watch the Packers offense play football because I love watching the Packers play football. And the Lions uh, fighting hard for Daryl Bevel after the Matt Patricia era over. So maybe they come out and say, you know what, Green Bay? Our friend Leon would say, fuck 12. We're going to win this game. And we're going to try to make a late playoff push. And I doubt it, but uh, they're going to. I, I think the Lions are going to put forth a really good effort here, and this is going to be a good football game. The Lions gave up a ton of rushing yards to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. <laughs> and neither one of those – I mean, David Montgomery is really good. I, I don't want to take anything away. But that Bears offensive line is horrendous, absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. The Packers have one of the best offensive lines in all of football, and they have a stellar running back. They have the second or first best wide receiver in the NFL. They have a big body tight end. Defense is where they struggle with but the Packers are going to have no issues putting up points on this Detroit Lions off our defense. So I'm going to go green Bay in this game, just because I think they are the, the cream and the cream always rises (laughs) to the top as the macho man says, I'm not doing another macho man impression. (laughs) My throat hurt all day the next day. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But But you're right. The cream always does rise to the top. Yeah, and, and this is playoff push time for the Packers. They could get that number one seed, very coveted. I'm going to take the Packers here, and I think it's going to be 37 to Detroit's 30. I, I think the Lions will score, but yeah. it's not going to be enough against this team. 
Well, as our friend Leon said, who joined us on a Tuesday show, if you haven't got the chance to check that segment out, go ahead. He was great. Uh, you know, the Lions have a top 10 in offense, <laughs> um, which I'm unsure of the status of DeAndre Swift and Kenny Galladay. So let me try to look that up really quick, because if they have those two guys back, they will uh, definitely put up more points. And I think that they've been a different team with Kenny Galladay, but Kenny Galladay apparently did not practice yesterday and I'm not seeing anything on DeAndre Swift, but uh, no, no Galladay. I mean, look, they, they're still going to put up points. Stafford, they really let loose last week against the bears, which like Leon said, uh, that hadn't happened under Patricia really ever. Um, so I, I like what I saw from Stafford last week and I do think he'll score with the Packers, but like you said, the cream, always rises to the top and the green Bay Packers are amongst the best in the NFC and one of the best uh, in the entire sport. So I'm going to go Packers 34 lions 27. That is fair enough. That's a good pick. I like it. So there's an abundance of games here that I really like, but there may be no game that I am more interested in seeing this week than the Indianapolis Colts against the Las Vegas Raiders. I personally think this is a matchup of a very good run defense versus a very good run offense. So it's going to come down to Derek Carr beating this Colts defense. The Colts are eight and four. And it's weird how we got here, Randy. Like everything about this Colts team, Phillip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, all of this is just so weird. And we praise Quentin Nelson and Nelson's having an okay year, not a great year, but a good year. I like this game to me is so dependent on the Raiders being able to stick to their run game. And I don't think they're going to be able to, I'm taking the Colts to move to nine and four on this one. Okay. Um, it is a good matchup. I agree with you. I might've overlooked it a little bit, but the Raiders struggling against the jets and getting smoked by the Falcons kind of has me turned off on the Gruden thing right now. Um, but the Colts, yeah, they're going to be the, make the playoffs in the AFC. And this has heavy playoff implications still for the Raiders as well. So, um, Phillip rivers looks ancient to me. I don't think any quarterback looks older and worse to me than Phillip rivers has this year, but the Colts are still winning games. Uh, they need to run the ball more as much as they run the ball. Now they still need to commit to that even more because it opens up so much more rivers. Arm strength is not the same. It opens up tight ends. It opens up, uh, you know, even screens and play actions. Like you, you just got to commit to it when you're a team like that. Um, the Raiders is Josh Jacobs back or is it the Devonte Booker show still? I, I, uh, I heard Jacobs will be back this week, but I'm so not Jacobs coming back is big for them, but the Colts defense, we've talked about it all year. Um, is top five in every statistical category you can be in. So the Colts are one of the more fundamentally sound defensive teams. So I trust the Colts here probably more just because I don't know what's up with the Raiders, man. I mean, if you're in a situation like last week, the Colts are not going to all blitz uh, when you're down four or five and just let Derek Carr get three chances at a Hail Mary in the end zone and finally connect on the last one. It's just not going to happen. Um, that's why Greg Williams doesn't have a job anymore. The Colts are much smarter than that. They will play prevent and they'll win the game. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Colts here, and I'm going to say it's a 10-point game. I'm going to say 35-24, to 11-point game, 35-24 Colts, and I think they run all over the, the Raiders in this game. Yeah, apparently you and Chris Frederick are sharing a brain here because he has Jonathan Taylor having a good game in the giant Roomba that we know is Las Vegas. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to take the Colts here. I think it's more defensive. I think that I do think the Colts are going to run all over this uh, Raiders defense. I, after what the jets did to them, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to take the Colts 24, the Raiders 21. Okay. I think a lot of that points for the Raiders will end up being garbage time, but yeah, we'll see. Um, Okay, another time. I got another decision to make here, and both of them regards my are, has my division involved, and I feel like you're going to pick the other game that I don't pick. Um, so, do I stay loyal to the, my childhood team? Better do it, or else I'll do it. You better do or he, it, or or do I pick the best team in the NFC playing with a backup quarterback? You know what? I'm going with the New York Giants because they're playing relevant football in December for the first time in four years. They are five and seven, tops of the NFC East, welcoming in the Arizona Cardinals, who have lost four of five and desperately need a win to keep their playoff chances alive. 
The only thing that was turning me off about this game is that it might be Colt McCoy again. And if that's the case, this is going to be ugly, just like it was last week. Um, the Giants defense, very fun to watch. The Giants offense, not very fun to watch. Uh, the Cardinals at one point were very fun to watch on offense. Their defense had like one good game all year. Still uh, leaves a lot to be desired. I'm pretty sure Vegas has the Giants as underdogs in this game, which kind of surprises me because of how well they're, they're playing. They've won four straight games. I guess the Daniel Jones potentially um, missing this game, which he practiced limited yesterday. Joe Judge said he really wanted to make that decision on him and Blake Martinez today, which if Martinez is gone, that's also a big blow for the defense because he is all over the place making tackles. So, um, you know, it really depends on those two guys, I think, because Daniel Jones is much better than Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy, I know he won that game last week, but I don't think he really won the game. The defense won the game. So um, I worry about that. I, I just I want to hear you talk a little bit about this game before I make my decision because it's gonna might be a, an either or if Daniel Jones plays or not. Well, I'm gonna go just by the color here. The Cardinals struggle against teams that wear blue. I don't know <laughs> what it is. They barely beat the Bills, but they lost to the Lions. They lost to the Panthers. Well, that's the candy ass blue. The Giants and Bills have the dark blue. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a good point. Oh, we may have to think about something different here. But they did yeah. lose to the Rams, though, and the Rams yeah, are blue. Yeah, that's like more of a little darker blue too. So yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Giants in this matchup just because I don't think I, I go back to it, Randy, and I always go. And this is why I didn't love the Cardinals this year. You cannot ignore your offense and defensive line to the magnitude of which this team has ignored it. Granted, I love Isaiah Simmons. I think he's going to be a really good player. But you had Becton out there and a bunch, of, a slew of other offensive linemen that would have been better than what the shit you are throwing out there right now. And it is a lot of garbage that the Cardinals are throwing on the offensive line. And you're talking about a Giants defense that's playing as one. You know, they are doing their job. They're playing sound, fundamental football. Joe Judge has his team inspired. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what turned the corner for this Giants football team, but they are playing a lot better. I think it's going to be very hard for the Cardinals to stop the run game, as we saw what the Rams did to them as well. So I'm taking the Giants in this game, and I'm going to take the Giants 20-18. to 18. Look, I mean, winning is contagious, right? You get a win against the Washington football team and then it rubs off and then you get the Eagles at the right time and they, they're free falling as we know now. And then you get the Bengals after a bye week, which is a great gift to get. And then all of a sudden you're all feeling all confident three in a row and you're like, why can't we go beat the Seahawks? And Patrick Graham is really getting the most out of his players on defense right now. I, I can't say enough about Patrick Graham. I, I fear that he will leave, but you know, we'll see about that. Um, and uh, it's really defensively because offense, yeah, they're running the ball better. The offensive line is playing better, but I don't necessarily think, you know, the Bengals or Seahawks have the greatest defenses ever. So, you know, I think they will be a little bit more, uh, I don't know how great the, the Cardinals defense is there either is, is either. So I don't know if they're going to present too much of a challenge. I think that helps. Um, they'll get more of a challenge against the Browns defensive front next week. So we'll see about that. Um, if it's Colt McCoy, man, I really just did not like watching him play last week. I, did, I think he did not do a very good job. And, you know, he's a backup quarterback at this point. I don't know what too many Giants fans expected there. Wayne Gallman, though, Wayne Gallman's the guy because he's running hard. He's breaking tackles. He's running physical. The, the line is creating holes for him to run through, and he's finding them. Uh, I do think the Cardinals really need to win this game, but I just think they're finding the Giants at the wrong time here. Uh, the Giants have all the momentum, if you believe in that sort of thing. Um, even if it's Colt McCoy, I still think the Giants can win this game. It's going to be ugly, but I think the Giants can win. I'll say Giants it, – this is going to be a Colt McCoy prediction because I'm not confident Daniel Jones playing. Uh, I'm going to say Giants 19, Cardinals 17. Wow, we both have that two-point game there. So that, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and the Giants would be 6-7 and seven, and with the Browns coming up on Sunday Night Football next week. So that, that game got flexed. So that, that's the first time the Giants have been flexed in five years, and I'm pretty sure it's the first time the Browns have ever been flexed. What a time to be alive. <laughs> 2020, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm torn here. I know what game I should pick, but I'm just going to go ahead and pick this game. I don't love it. I don't, I'm not really all that keen in watching it. But it is important to see how the Saints – respond with Taysom Hill at quarterback against the Eagles for the third week in a row, maybe fourth week in a row. I'm losing track of my weeks here, Randy, but Drew Brees is expected to come back after this week. 
So a man with a whole bunch of broken ribs and a punctured lung coming back too soon, but it won't be this week. So it's the Philadelphia Eagles death spin right here. It is the death dive. The plane is going in circles, going straight down. I don't think this is much of a game. I I think we could be looking at a coaching vacancy in Philadelphia. And I do not believe we will see Carson Wentz in an Eagles uniform next year. It is going to continue. I don't want to spend too much time on this game. As like I said, I do not find it to be that compelling. I'm going to take the Saints 27 to the Eagles 10. Well, here's the thing. This is why I almost picked this game because the Saints are undefeated with backup quarterbacks since last year with Teddy Bridgewater and now Taysom Hill. They are 8-2. and two. They or nine and two. Uh, they have ten lead in the NFC. Huh? What's that? 10 and two, my friend. 10 and two. I don't know what week it is either. Uh, 10 and two. And they have a clear lead in the NFC for the number one seed, which if there were fans, obviously it'd be different, but it's still important because them and not in a dome, I think it's different than them being in the dome. Uh, especially Breeze. If Breeze is playing, you need him in the dome. Philly, the only thing that interests me, and they are playing just as bad as any team in the league. Um, is that they made a quarterback change. Uh, you signed Carson Wentz to a max deal, and now you're starting the guy you drafted in the third round in Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts had moments last week. I thought he came in and was a little bit of a spark for them offensively, but you're going to have the same issues that Carson Wentz had. You still have so many injuries on the offensive line that you're going to be constantly pressured all the time. The only hope is maybe that Wentz was just so mentally beaten down by all of it that he was incapable of making the proper decisions or making these plays that he used to be able to make. Maybe Hurts is fresh enough that he can still make these plays and keep coming back for more. I don't know. The Saints defense is really good. Uh, You saw what they did against the Broncos without a quarterback, and now this is a backup quarterback. They're probably licking their chops to make him look look bad, and ultimately I don't think he will have a great game because the Saints defense is amongst uh, the best defenses in the entire NFL this year. So uh, I was interested in that aspect of it, but the Saints to me are a juggernaut because of how good they are defensively. Not even their offense because I don't love Taysom Hill as a quarterback, as a passer, anything like that, but their defense is special. And um, typically, if this was a Breeze game, I would expect him to play poorly because it's Philly in December and it's cold. But Taysom Hill doesn't have those same concerns to me as Drew Breeze does because he has, he's mobile. He's going to run the ball more. And Breeze obviously relies on his um, arm and everything more. So I'm going to go Saints as well because of the defense. I'm going to go Saints 24, Philly 13. Yeah, right. And I, I just want to circle back. Corey Richmond brings up a good point. Carson Wentz is going to be a $34 million salary player. If they cut him next season, that's a $59 million cap hit. $24 million of that's dead money. So he may be yeah. uncuttable. So that's going to be an interesting to see how they navigate those waters. Look, I know Henry's looking for quarterbacks. I don't know how you convince uh, you know, the 49ers to take on Jimmy G's contract and Carson Wentz's contract. I don't know how that's possible. Jimmy G has an easy opt out after this year. Okay. They can cut. There's not a whole lot of guaranteed money left. Yeah, I would look for a cheaper option than Carson Wentz because that's an expensive fix right there. All right, uh, my turn again here. Uh, the the picks are starting starting to get a little worse as we go along here. Uh, but also a team five and seven with a chance to win the NFC East. The Washington Football Team traveling to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers is the game I am going with here. Um, look, Washington coming off of a win over the undefeated Steelers. You gotta love that if you're a Washington Football Team fan. You gotta love the front seven, the how their ability to generate pass rushers, and the Alex Smith story. You talk about storylines with the Bears Texans. There's no better story in the NFL this year than Alex Smith. Um, I know with everything going on in the world, it's it's a crazy time, and you know people are down on sports and and all this stuff. But you look at a story like Alex Smith, and you can truly look at anything and say. I can do this. I can, anything is truly possible in this life. If I want to, if I'm determined, I put my mind to it and I am fortunate enough to have made it out of a difficult situation that Alex Smith has made out of. I don't know if I've ever rooted for a team, a person not on my team or even playing for a, a division rival like I have for Alex Smith because his story is incredibly inspiring to me. And uh, NFL memes has already hijacked our award, the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Um, but you know, that's what it is. He's going to win comeback player of the year. And the, the Niners, I thought they were going to put up a better fight against the Bills. I was disappointed that they didn't. I feel like Washington against Nick Mullins. Uh, Washington's going to be 6-7 and seven as well here. Yeah, I – to me, I don't know. Because the 49ers run the ball really well. 
Washington has that stout front, but I kind of agree with you here. I just I think this game leans Washington. Washington's playing really good football. They beat a really good Steelers team. I'm going to go Washington 17, San Francisco 16 in this matchup. Oh, yeah, it's going to be ugly like that for sure because I, I think the Niners still get up and come into play, although they really let Josh Allen put it on them last week, which I don't know if that's the game that broke them and that said, hey, we, we put up a fight, we did the best we could, but, you know, the injuries are too much to deal with and, you know, credit to, to Shanahan, but maybe it falls apart here. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I just think Washington has something that they're really playing for now, and I think Ron Rivera has done a great job with them, getting them ready to go. Um, you're going to have J.D. McKissick starting a quarterback because Antonio Gibson's going to be out in this game. But Terry McLaurin's good. Logan Tom, uh, I saw a story on Logan Thomas that I didn't really even know that he, you know, he played quarterback in college. He got drafted as a quarterback. Uh, he threw touchdown passes for the Cardinals <laughs> earlier in his career, transitioned to a tight end, uh, and has been playing really well as well. So I think Washington's playing really well right now, and I don't think San Francisco's playing well right now. So it's going to be ugly. I'll say Washington 20 and the Niners 19. All right, we got a lot of muck on this schedule now, but <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the revenge game and angry game. Tractor Cito season is in Tractor full effect. Cito. Tennessee versus Jacksonville. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, Randy. The only reason uh -huh. I picked it is for the running game and to see him run all over Jacksonville. James Robinson's going to put up a hell of a game, too, I believe. It's going to be one of those old-school running games. Tanny might get three touchdown passes. I don't know. I don't care. But I will be interested to see Derrick Henry run this rock. So I'm going to take Tennessee 24, Jacksonville 20. A lot of garbage points for Jacksonville, but mm -hmm. I expect the Tennessee to get right this game. Hey, Jacksonville's been frisky in a lot of these games. I know they've lost 10 straight, but, you know, they're in all these games that they lose. And honestly, they're one of my best pick em picks each week because they're such big spreads against them every week, and they cover every week. So uh, thanks, Mike London and all the Jags for covering every week for me. Um, but, yeah, you know, I expect this to be a good game. It's a division game, so I expect it to be good. In the first game here, remember the Titans were up like 30-7, to 7, and the Jags came back and ended up tying that game late in the Titans uh, won that game, but um, I do think the Titans need to bounce back after that Browns loss. And I think that they were experimenting late in that game and they will figure some things out. I don't know if AJ Brown, he left that game, I think, um, but regardless, this is going to be the Derrick Henry show. The Jags defense is not very good. So I agree with you. We're not going to spend too much time on this game. Titans are going to roll uh, 37 to 31 and a lot of garbage time with them with you on the Jags garbage time situation there. So James Robinson, my guy, undrafted rookie. Are you coming around on my running back uh, logic here? Because I mean, this is guys as good as a good example as any. I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not against your running back logic. I, I just think <laughs> it's situational. Okay. That's fair. I mean, everything in life is situational, so I can't really argue with you there. <laughs> So uh, love me some James Robinson and uh, yeah, good for them. Uh, they're going to be the number two overall pick probably in the draft. All right, moving on now, slim pickings, but I'm going to go with the game that I think will be the most entertaining. And it is the Denver Broncos going to Carolina to play the Panthers. The Panthers have been a tough, entertaining team all year. And the Broncos sneakily have too. I mean, we talked about it uh, after the, the primetime game against the Chiefs that Vic Fangio, despite all of the, the opt-outs and the injuries, has really made this a competitive football team. They're four and eight, but it feels like that they're in all the games except when they don't have a quarterback. Um, that obviously is reasonable. But um, I like this, this is going to be an entertaining game. I'm actually like looking at it and thinking about the matchups here. Like uh, we haven't seen the Panthers in two weeks and the Broncos are coming off of a, a tough game against the chiefs. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah. I I'm, I'm in tune to watch this game. I think there's parts of it. I'm not too excited about, but at the end of the day, Denver, I believe is trending the right direction. They're still fighting. Carolina appears to be limping to the finish line here a little bit. But I'm going to take Denver in this matchup. I, I don't love this game. I think I, it's interesting because I'm a Tim Patrick owner, and I told everyone to jump on that Tim Patrick train. <laughs> and if you didn't, shame on you. But Mel, oh God, the running back, I keep on forgetting Melvin Gordon here. I think he's showing some signs of life. I like Garrett Bowles on that offensive line. Denver is able to do some things defensively. Fangio's scheme is on point. Carolina, I take a look at the quarterback situation. Teddy Two Gloves, 
you know, man, nah, that, that's that's a lot of money after this year. You still got forty million to yeah. go through that contract, and he hasn't looked like that franchise quarterback you hoped he was. Obviously, New Orleans is a much different situation, but for all those reasons, I'm taking Denver. I'm going to go Denver twenty-four to the Panthers twenty-three. Uh, yeah, I'm, you're not. We're on the same wavelength because I expected this to be a one-score, like a one-point, maybe three-point game. It's going to come down to the, like the late. Uh, a late game situation here. Um, the the Panthers appear to be really well coached to me, especially offensively. I really like Matt Rule and uh, Sean Brady on the offense, but the defense, uh, you know, they rush the passer okay, but the secondary, eh, and they need work. Um, the, the the Panthers are very much rebuilding to me, and that's okay. Uh, but they put up more entertaining games than I expected them to this year, and that's cool. But they are something that the Broncos, I don't get the vibe from, are they're soft. Uh, I don't think the Broncos are a soft football team. I just think they lack a lot of talent. I've had terrible injury luck this year. And I think the Broncos can be physical with them and, you know, essentially beat them because of it. So I'm with you on the Broncos. I do think the Broncos win this game. Drew Locke might have a pretty good game here too, because I think he has to, I think he has to start showing people that he's capable of this because I don't think John Elway is afraid of moving on or drafting somebody. If he doesn't, you know, he's not sold on you. Um, So I will go Broncos 21 Panthers 20 here. And I'm with you on the one point game. I like that a lot. All right. Well, all the familiar places, Randy, and we're going to end up with Atlanta going to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. This could be Anthony Lynn's last game. We don't know. It it seems like he's destined to get fired from this position, which I I do like Anthony Lynn as a coach. I think he's very underrated, but I can understand the situation. He's had more than enough time to try to win here. So Justin Herbert versus Matt Ryan. Maybe this is Matt Ryan's last go around in Atlanta. When in the Falcons uniform next year, Julio Jones is out. That's been widely reported. Um, yeah, I I like Justin Herbert here. Bad teams that are under 500 usually do not travel well. And it's kind of a rule of thumb for me to always go against the road team, especially when it's coast to coast, even more so. So I'm going to take the Chargers here. I think Justin Herbert has a career day against that Atlanta defense. I think Atlanta – even with Raheem Morris, it just kind of feels like that team's starting to fade a little bit. I really expected a better effort against Taysom Hill that second go around. I didn't love it, what I saw. So I'm going to take the Chargers 34 to the Falcons 30. And uh, Julio out in this game, which I think is a big blow for them too. Uh, Todd Gurley had a decent start to the year with touchdowns and stuff, but he's completely fallen off and looks like the old man that he was on the Rams. Uh, I like this as a Chargers win here too. Um, They got smoked by the Patriots last week, like not even close. Uh, But the Falcons feel like just the biggest cowardice team to possibly come in here and get a win against, because I know they look good against the Raiders, uh, but I don't get a great vibe from them, especially without Julio. I think Julio is a big part of that, that organization. I don't think so. He obviously is, but um, the, the (laughs) Anthony Lynn, as much as I hate him, he gets blessed with having Justin Herbert uh, fall into his lap here. And I trust Justin Herbert's talent at this point, Uh, even just a handful of games was 10 games in to, to win this game. And, I think they've looked, they looked so bad last week that you can't look worse than that. I think he'll come back and win. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers uh, 24 to the um, Falcons, let's say 17. That's what I'm going to go. Uh, all right. Two games left on the schedule. And you would you think, because last week we talked about how whoever gets the first pick gets the Jets. And you know, that sucks. You don't want to get the Jets. I'm going to tell you, I don't think the Jets are the worst game of the week. So I'm going to pick the Jets. The Jets going to Seattle. Uh, they're playing the Seahawks. The Seahawks obviously coming off of that loss to the Giants uh, and the Jets are coming off that near win against the Raiders. Um, that was probably the best game that they had all year. The closest they're going to get to a win. And Seattle's going to be licking their chops at this winless team thinking, hey, we're going to get a big blowout win here. And I think they need it. And I think it's going to happen because I just think Russell Wilson is that good. And I don't think the Jets are as good defensively as the Giants are. And I definitely don't think they have the coaching the Giants have. So uh, I, I, I'm just going to pick this game over the other one because this game features Russell Wilson and TK Metcalf. Uh, and the other game does not. So uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I think Seahawks win big. I'm going to say Seahawks uh, 29 to the Jets 16. 
Man, you just you, you just do this to me all the time. You well, know? I mean, do you want to get your get your Jets thought in, or you just want to get the last game out of the way? <laughs> I, I I'm not going to get my Jets thought in. I I don't. This game to me is nothing. The Jets are nothing. They're going to go zero and what now? Zero and twelve. Um, so that seems appropriate to me. Oh no, I'm sorry. Zero and thirteen. They'll be zero and thirteen after this game. Have three weeks left after this one. Okay, that's it. J- Jets are going to lose. That's okay. it. Well, you get the Mister Irrelevant game of the week, and this no, game is uh, doozy. No, no, there, there's another game this week. I don't, I don't see anything. On the <laughs> I, I, let me just go through it here. No, 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 no. Oh, I see one. That's second on our list here. It, it, well, I'm putting your name next to it right now. There's a star and a B there. I just, it doesn't. I don't know. It's a college game, isn't it? Um, the Bearcats uh, against t- TCU. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, fine. Damn it. Dallas and Cincinnati. This game is just pure and utter trash. Andy Dalton revenge tour is in full effect here. Yes. That's the only compelling storyline in this game. Um, (laughs) Man. Uh, After watching Dallas against Baltimore and watching Andy Dalton just completely ignore CD lamb. uh, He throws that garbage ass touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. I, I hate this game. Everything about it. Dallas is going to – I don't know. Like, Dallas is going to Cincinnati. Dallas is garbage. Cincinnati's garbage. Both these teams are garbage. I wouldn't bet on this game. I would stay completely away from this game. There is no reason to bet this game. If you bet this game, please go get help. Like, go talk to a <laughs> professional therapist. You have issues. I'm sure you gambled away your family's Christmas presents at this point. Just don't do this to yourself. I'm going to take Cincinnati – 10 to 9. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the worst game of the week, but that's a brutal score. Uh, look, you got Brandon Allen playing quarterback for the Bengals. And once Joe Burrow went down, there's minus three things that are interesting about the Bengals this year. And I was a big Tyler Boyd guy, but I liked him a hell of a lot more when Joe Burrow was throwing him the ball because Brandon Allen is not very good. And Ryan Finley's worse. And it's it's terrible when you have uh, Brandon Allen playing bad well into the third quarter and you bring in Ryan Finley and it's worse. So uh, the Bengals are just garbage. And as bad as the Cowboys are, they're probably going to win this game. Uh, Andy Dalton, I'll say this. The only thing that impressed me about Andy Dalton on that game is we have, we have this conversation about who could throw 70 yards in the air, and it completely changed my mind because that they had threw a Hail Mary right before halftime, and he was at, like, his own 35, and they obviously were only rushing one guy, so he had forever. He did, like, three hop steps and just launched it, and it landed perfectly into the end zone, and I'm like, all right, well, if Andy Dalton can make that throw, a lot more guys in the NFL can make that throw than I realized because that was a hell of a throw that CeeDee Lamb had in his hands. And he didn't catch it, but the, I, I was really impressed by that throw. And, I mean, that's really all about that there was to be impressed with by Andy Dalton in that game. Um, I think Dallas is more talented. I think they have more players that are good, uh, like hashtag analysis there. Um, but Mike McCarthy's a terrible coach, and that was a terrible hire from day one. And even if Dak didn't get hurt, who knows? They still might be a mess. They just might be a mess with a chance to win this garbage division. Uh, um, but I do not feel bad for them. They did a lot of this stuff to themselves. So uh, Dallas going to win this game because the Bengals really are just horrible. Like they need, they need a lot more players on the defensive side of the ball uh, and they need offensive line help big time. So uh, going Cowboys here and it's not going to be pretty, uh, but I, I think they'll put up some points because I like their offensive player. I like their wide receivers and the running backs I think are pretty good too. So uh, I'll say Dallas 27 to uh the Bengals, 14. I'll give them 14 points. Man, 14. That's generous for that team. Yeah, maybe Dalton will give a throw pick six or something. Wow. Okay, well, that's that, that's it for me. I'm, I'm not talking anymore about that game. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So that's the recap. Uh, that's the preview for week 14 here. We gave a fantasy update on Tuesday, but there was still a game left, Matt. So now let's give our, the final playoff brackets for each of the fantasy leagues before we say goodbye. Okay, so our fantasy brackets look as such, and these are some interesting matchups. In my league, we do give one point for home field advantage. So just going through our playoff bracket, we are looking at Felipe going against EJ. Felipe is the fifth seed, growing the man against EJ, the four seed, Dallas Thunderbolts. Felipe has 20 points. Point four points to EJ 6.6 so Felipe jumped out to an early lead and then we have Corey Decker the sixth seed against Little Giants your friend Stephen Furlong 
And that is currently Stevens only up by one with that home field advantage point. Chris Frederick finishes the season 10 and three. He's the one seed. Somehow miraculously, Randy, I finished with the two seed at nine and four. We both have buys. We will be seeing some action. I will either see Steven or Corey in round two. And then Chris will either be seeing Felipe or EJ in round two. All right. So in the 10 teamer, we only got four playoff teams in this one. And I'm sorry, Matt, you did not end up making the playoffs here. So you're with me in the Constellation bracket. Congratulations. Um, but we got Ace Ventua, which I always forget the names of these people. So I apologize here. Uh, let me see. My computer will look. Uh, is Brett Sanchez, our friend Brett Sanchez, of course, going up. Let me, stupid computer. Uh, yeah, he's playing unbearable, which is obviously Ricky Velasquez. He's had the best season of anyone in this league. He's the one seed at 10 and three going up against Brett Sanchez, who's eight and five. Uh, and then Mac attack, who I don't remember the name of either, which I should know these things, but you'd think by now I would know, uh, which is Sherry Pierce, which is a name of someone that is in our league using a separate account. Well, why would I know that? Uh, <laughs> both of these teams, nine and four and eight and five. Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup as well against Tim Massinio. I'm sorry if I butchered your name there, fellow Giants fan in the group. He also getting a playoff bid here. So that's the final four. And uh, no one has any points yet. No one played anything uh, on Thursday. So, And then you got the consolation bracket where the rest of us just are wasting away and substitute. So no need to break any of that down. But congrats to those who made the playoffs. Uh, I am in two out of my six leagues. I made the playoffs in two leagues. And, of course, in my two matchups to this point, I'm playing the Rams defense, who has 20-plus points already against me. Because why wouldn't they? <laughs> What kind of luck is that? You're right. wishing for that holding call now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, now when I think about it, I wish they called it. Uh, but nonetheless, of course, I'm playing the Rams in both my playoff matchups, which I'm not off to a great start there. All right, Matt, uh, we got podcasts coming up this weekend. And on Monday, what do we got? Sunday, we have the I, – I mean, I, I got to give them some love. They won some awards here and there. You know, you have to give them some credit. So – on Sunday, the Total Basis podcast with Felipe and Sean, which I love watching. I love hearing about that fantasy advice. I, I have a big fantasy season coming up next year, so it's very important for me to get my fantasy baseball fix in. And then on Monday, it is Dong City with Vince Mercandetti and Henry Maldonado Jr. breaking down some hot stove action, some White Sox action. So looking forward to those two. And then obviously Tuesday, we're back. Yes, and uh, you know our friend Corey Richmond in the comments has his uh, his podcast, the Work Shoot podcast, and the wrestling show. So check that out. And we're gonna have Corey on here in the future, maybe Tuesday. We'll reach out and and maybe have a special guest with you for Tuesday. So, all right, it's time for us to say goodbye. Uh, it is our Friday show. Happy Friday to everyone. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoy the football. Uh, thank you so much for all the support on Facebook Live, on YouTube, all the audio platforms. We appreciate it so much. I'm Randy Hammond signing off with Matt Bushnell. This has been Football Life Presents the Audible, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.